on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. LinkedIn's new ads audience feature is poised to incite change in the accounts of all the good marketers out there. Remain commerce. TikTok shopping ads have been added to your cart. Move over, Patty Stanger. Shopify Collabs is now matchmaking brands and influencers for perfect harmony. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shop. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock here on a Friday, August 19th, 2022. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another fabulous episode. Greg, do you want to tell us what's new? Yeah, new in studio here. We have. Our new producer slash editor who's coming in and help us out, Tables. <laughs> His real name's Eric, but we found him. He's got a Buffalo Bills channel out there called Get the Tables. And I'm a big uh, So I Think You Should Leave fan mm. with Tim Robinson. And there's a skit that has ruined the word tables for me. So the minute I saw tables, I can't stop thinking about it. So we had to call get you the tables. tables. Welcome, though, Tables. Hi, everybody. Definitely subscribe on YouTube. You're going to see some cool stuff there. We're also going to get a lot more social clips and really try to spread the word here. So it's awesome having you here at Tables. Welcome. Tables alerted me to something that's going on in the world that (laughs) I didn't realize was happening. (laughs) People think that Greg sings our theme song. Tables, can you confirm that you thought that Greg sang our theme song? I originally thought Greg did sing the theme song, yes. We have another coworker, Cassie, here at Cypress North, who also thought that Greg sang the theme song. And then we had a tweet last week from Brandon Lincoln Hendricks, who said very nice things about the show. And he said, the intro song is a vibe. I found myself rewinding, rewinding multiple times and tagged Greg Finn, which mm-hmm. and didn't tag me. So the only explanation is that he thinks, he thinks you, you sing, sing the theme song. How could anybody listen to this voice? <laughs> and then what you just heard uh, before. If you- Thank you for tuning in. If we were going to write a song, though, wouldn't it sound like that? Because it's very Mike Posner. Who's like, yeah, 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 I mean, that's the whole, the whole, that's what we we're going for. Here. Right. I will say in the intro clip video, it's all of us talking. And when you're talking, you're like the only man. So it's obviously not me or Jess singing, and I can kind of see it. But then you open your mouth, and I can't. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. So you like the song, Hate My Voice. Gotcha. So shout out the song guy, the real recording artist behind our theme song. He's on Cameo. You can get your own song. He wrote it and recorded it, and he's very talented. Greg's talented for other reasons. You just can't really sing the best. (laughs) Thanks. Me too. I can't even talk anymore, so it's okay. (laughs) And... Don't forget, if you are looking for more content to catch this month's episode of The Agency Scoop with our CGO, Jill Fetcher, it is a really fun episode. She's sitting down with Irene Mushai from Online Optimism, a digital agency in New Orleans, and they're talking about business growth strategies for agencies. It's a really fun interview with her over Zoom. What a great name, too. I know. Online Optimism, that's almost like an oxymoron. 
these days. You <laughs> oh, know? Isn't it? Like, good. Good for you, Irene. Yeah. I, love, I love it. And Jill's talking about um, onboarding new employees because we've been doing a lot of new hires recently. It's really fun in the beginning. I always like to get some like insight into what's going on into her life. So it's a fun episode. Check it out wherever you're listening to this. Okay, getting into the news this week, TikTok is releasing new ads. It's a new commerce ad suite, and they're calling them shopping ads. It's very creative. <laughs> I wonder Sorry. where they got that name from. Yes. There's three ad types. So the first one is video shopping ads. These are currently available to select advertisers in beta. Um, they allow advertisers to highlight one or more products in their in-feed video ads in a way that amplifies product discovery and purchase intent. Those are obviously TikTok's words. TikTok says video shopping ads provide dynamic experiences based on the shopper's intent to purchase with smart targeting and optimized delivery so i might be seeing a lot more halara dresses on tiktok it sounds like the ads will also automatically create a landing page to better determine the user's intent to purchase i don't know how those things are really related is that a sentence yeah from that, them that's yeah a quote wow this is an article from TechCrunch. so i don't know i haven't tested this i don't do any tiktok ads but i i want to make my own landing page i think but yep. yeah looking mm -hmm. for more info there Okay, so next they have catalog catalog listing ads. These are being tested only in the U.S. right now. And with these, advertisers can promote their products across shoppable surfaces like the recommended products or related products on TikTok where users with relevant interest and higher purchase intent can discover to buy them. And then finally, it always comes back to QVC. Live shopping ads. Whoa, shots <laughs> fired at the Quacker Factory. What's the name of that thing you? Bat. That's that one Factory? of the many brands I love. Um, so live <laughs> shopping ads are testing where TikTok shop is available, which includes the UK, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam. Lots of fun markets there. Um, these enable advertisers to direct users from the For You page to their live shopping event so they can join and learn about their products. I mean, good luck because QVC is streaming everywhere at any time. You can watch it on Facebook Live. You can watch it on the Roku app. Of course, you can watch it on cable. You can watch it on QVC.com. There's nothing stopping you from watching and shopping. So I don't know why you'd feel the need to go to TikTok, but can you watch QVC on TikTok? For the record. As far as I know, no. I just went to QuackerFactory.com. Still up. Um, Quacker Factory by GN. It's been up for Weiss. 20 years. Rest in peace. GN is... is Jean. Oh, and she's got a little something called Halloween. Oh. And it's a glittery pumpkin. Of course. Okay. It's never too early for the Quacker Factory ladies. By the way, you guys, today's special value is the Limitless 16,000 AH power bank with AC plug cabled in a carrying case. They have already sold out of the root beer and gray as of 4 p.m. What? On Wednesday. Who would buy it's a these bank? clothes? We're talking about different things. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. This is the today's special value. It's a charging bank <laughs> with a cord. It's on Easy Pay. Looks like a phone. This is on TikTok or QVC? QVC. Just TikTok Q. doesn't have a what today's special value. What is this? They value. dropped the VC. They're just a Q. Listen, TikTok can get live shopping, but they cannot master the quality, the value, nor the convenience. I mean, so I'm, good luck. I'm looking at, at Jean Ann's uh, butterfly <laughs> collection, and I'm not that impressed. Look at the today's special value. You'd buy it right now. It's a power bank, okay? Sold out of root beer. And Ew, I'm, what an ugly color. It got bought up first, so the consumers disagree. Looks like when chocolate goes bad. I kind of get off of QVC in the summer, but 
today it was like 60 degrees when I woke up in the morning. There's a chill in the air and I'm just feeling the need. Like I recently was watching um, Garcelle Bouvet from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She has a line on HSN of home furnishings. It's just so exciting. We're just approaching the holiday season. This is peak QVC. This might as well be wish.com. I'm looking at this right now. This is garbage. Try it. It's all... Are, no. Which you're are you looking wrong. at? Quacker Factory or today's special I'm value? At both of them. <laughs> you're wrong. Okay. All right. Let's look at something else here. LinkedIn is rolling out a new feature for ads called Audience Insights. And AJ Wilcox and the B2Link team were able to participate in the beta before the wider rollout that is happening now. They have a lovely dive into what the feature offers, how to use it, and where to find the thing in Campaign Manager. So grab the link from Discord at community.marketingoclock.com if you need a guided tour on how to get in there. So what does this thing offer, Audience Insights? The article describes it as the segment breakdown feature on steroids, and it really is. It is so cool. It's a granular view of audience targeting criteria for your matched audiences. And as long as your audience has a ready or updating status and the size is that magic number of 300 or more, you'll be able to view these insights again for your matched audiences. We're talking things like where your audience is located, um, audience attributes and company attributes, so job function, seniority, years of experience, things like that for the former, industry growth rate, and more for the latter. Really cool stuff. They've also got, I love this, content categories that your audience is interested in. So if they're interested in things like digital marketing, then you know what kind of content you can go after. Um, They've also got examples here for like electronics, customer experience, brand management, all sorts of things. And you can see how many members or what percentage of your audience is interested in those different things. So it's really cool. It's really good data. And the good marketers out there probably already have their wheels turning about how to use this. So you can think about things like targeting audits if you want to make sure that the folks interacting with your ads aren't full of surprises. Um, And if they are, can you, you know, find some trends to maybe develop new narrower audiences or maybe go wider if there's something in there that you think is really relevant? It's great, again, going back to those interests, if you want to think about testing new interest lists and adding those into your targeting mix could be really, really cool. And the other awesome thing about the Audience Insights tool is that you can create a campaign from right within it. So while you're looking at those different audience segments and thinking about targeting them, you can just create the campaign right there and layer that targeting on without having to jump between tabs or windows. I think it's really, really cool. It's Mm -hmm. like some of the insights you're maybe used to seeing, but you couldn't really do anything with and uh, broken out even further. So if AJ says it's cool, it's cool. I agree. I concur. He knows what's cool on LinkedIn. All right. And next up from Shopify is a cool new initiative that will allow for brands to find shop influencers to schlep their products. There looks to be a very nice infrastructure that will allow brands to use a database to shop a find the perfect influencer for them. If the influencers love a specific product, so much so that they give it a shop a five-star review or something, they can then apply within the Shopify collabs to sell these products to their shop of friends. And you just need to make sure you shop a file your taxes for all the extra money you make. Shopify roll. (laughs) But seriously, it's actually really cool. And it's nice that there is sort of a unified front from this. We've seen and talked and had some actual advertisers here on the show. There's Grin, Social Ladder, Upfluence is somebody who's who's supported our show. Um, But you can use this within Shopify now, which is a huge deal for brands. You don't have to go somewhere else. And if you can in your e-commerce platform, use this collabs to go find influencers to 
get extra reach for, it's pretty great. There's also what appears to have affiliate links and codes, commissions, gift tracking, fulfillment. And from the influencer side, you can basically apply on those brands you want and see if you get started. If they are if they accept you for being influential enough, um, you can then redeem gifts and then start working it into your content. So it's pretty cool. And you just like redeem the gifts and I guess they send it to you or something. And then the earnings seems pretty nice as well. You get paid out on sales so they can connect that right within the Shopify system um, from any of the codes that you have that'll auto generate the code. And then you get credit for all those sales. So I just love the fact that it's like baked into this system that so many people are using and it's going to be just like take one extra step of friction out of that influencer type of uh, scenario. So I, I, I dig it. It's a big deal. And again, if you are looking for a platform to sell things on, <laughs> Shopify is leading the way in innovation. And I didn't say Spotify once. There you go. You, you didn't. Just did now. Oh. And finally here in our main news. Ray Johnson at I'm Ray Johnson on Twitter just kind of dropped a bomb. He tweeted, you can now run YouTube shorts ads. <laughs> no more context. <laughs> so a lot of people are like, I thought you could always do this. You just couldn't do it out on its own. Menaha Mani said, as far as I understand, there is no way to advertise exclusively on YouTube shorts, only as part of video action or performance max. Um, so Ray Johnson said, I heard from a rep, it's coming where you can exclusively run ads on shorts, but in short, right now you make a video action campaign for mobile only and use the vertical dimension and your ads are only going to run on YouTube shorts. So that's, I mean, YouTube is like pushing shorts so much. So I guess you might as well run some ads on it. <laughs> It's weird they can't just have a button to be like shorts. Yeah. It's like yeah. you have to go to video action, mobile only, vertical. But maybe it's coming later. I don't know. But it's very true to form. Yeah. Thanks, Google. You heard it from Ray first, folks. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from PPC Kirk at PPC Kirk on Twitter. And PPC Kirk is responding to a tweet that Andrew Loke and Melissa Mackey had been conversing about. So Andrew said, I have the utmost admiration for many in-house SEM teams, but just as good as they can be, just as horrible are they. A client got a new in-house person, and I spent half my time with her cleaning up and reverting mistakes. Just like many agencies suck, I must say. <gasps> Which is fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, but what if she's on Twitter? Great point. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't think Andrew Lulk is really hiding behind a also, pseudonym. Also, he didn't here. specify the gender. I just said she because for some reason I think everyone hates me. No, no, no he, he said her. her. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So then Melissa Almackie at Beyond the Paid on Twitter said, I found that many, by no means at all, in-house people are not up to date with the latest best practices and insist on things that are no longer recommended. Hard to disagree with that. And then this is something that I think a lot of folks don't actually consider, and it's Take the Week from PBC Kirk. PBC Kirk says, it's also harder, literally and legally, to fire a poor performing employee than a poor performing agency. I have to assume that that is part, certainly not all, 
of the mix. That's certainly abused with agency hoppers, but the benefit of it is real for that reason as well. Hashtag PPC chat. And that's a great point. Like mm-hmm. you see something, if let's say that I know uh, there were some SEOs that were that were let go at the Shopify, um, the 10% downsizing there, that's headline news. If they were to say, we fired my SEO agency, that news wouldn't be as headline. Obviously, there's many benefits to having people in-house and there's benefits like this to hiring agencies. And if you're not performing, you're not performing and you can cut bait faster. And whenever people say, should I hire in-house or not? There's, it's a very nuanced answer, but this is definitely a consideration for sure. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you, PBC Kirk. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why my people, we have another one from Chris Ridley at C underscore J underscore Ridley on Twitter. He says, I don't know who needs to hear this. I do. (laughs) But I've only just noticed that there are campaign level columns in Google ads for how the campaigns are set up. So there are columns for the number of eligible ads, responsive search ads, ad groups, ad extensions, and images. I think this is new. Definitely, I needed to see this. There's this whole new category. So where you used to pick performance, recommended columns, whatever, it says setup, and you can pick any of these things, number of eligible ads, number of disapproved ads. I think this is awesome. Thank you for sharing, Chris Ridley. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew, lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week from Joe at the Joe Schmo on Twitter. He says, $2,000 in spend in a service account today. Google gives me zero search terms. I feel like this is getting out of control. I can't diagnose conversion issues or optimize anything without knowing what people are typing in, especially given how loosely Google matches keywords. I mean, I'm inclined to believe the Joe Schmo. So this is true. That is horrendous, illegal. $2,000, not a single search term. Privacy. Okay. Well. Did you say privacy? Everybody shuts up. Privacy. <laughs> I saw your ge- oh, where did you find that gift? Shut up. He's so private. Privacy. Okay. <laughs> Tim Holleran shared another egregious email from a Google rep. So the subject line is Google Ads accounts, Google Ads account, schedule a meeting, critical information. And apparently CC'd, in addition to Tim, were the CEO, president, and a few of the previous agency contacts for this client. So critical information, like the person has an agency running the account, Tim, it makes him look bad. They can't do this. So anyway, we've heard of this happening before. But Sam at Digital Sam I Am replied, he says, I usually just CC someone sufficiently high up at (laughs) Google on my response. The chief legal officer or general counsel works as well. And remind them that CCing people on the account, not on the account. not on the account with an inflammatory inflammatory message violates their terms of service. That is a good idea. I just how does he find their emails? I think it's, if you need one, I got got a few. Yeah. 
<laughs> CC Sundar Pichai, like, yeah. <laughs> go for it. CC the police. Because that's criminal. <laughs> Add police at Gmail. <laughs> okay, next up, we spoke months ago about this new meta advantage suite basically it is a consolidation of their automated ad products under a new rebranded portfolio and it basically they're all called advantage or advantage plus so like small businesses are going to use them more and it's criminal we need to bring that back why don't we talk about how criminal everything is anymore so they announced this week that they are consolidating more of the advertising tools under this portfolio. So if you are creating ads through your Facebook page, automatic enhancements are now called Advantage Plus Creative. Uh. And smart audiences are now known as Advantage Audiences. I hate this. Next up, Brett Westerman <laughs> at Brett Westerman said, LinkedIn ads replace the frequency column with prescriptive date range frequencies. So you can select whether you're gonna see the average one day frequency, average seven day frequency, average 30 day frequency. Brett Westerman also requested a 90 day frequency. I have to agree. Okay, Nicole Farley for Search Engine Land has this article. It is called Apple is expanding ads on iPhone and iPad. I just love the little heading here. It says, when Apple stopped third party app tracking, they weren't doing it to protect user privacy. They had something bigger in mind. I mean, I think we all knew that, but mm. it's worth noting now that the news is coming out. They're eye profits. Yeah, seriously. Okay, so display ads are currently only shown in the search tab for Apple search ads. Apple will now expand the ads to the main today tab as well as in third-party app download pages. So this is a quote from the article. It says, Apple wants to increase the ads business revenue to double digits from the $4 billion in annual revenue it is generating now. Some think this could mean expanding search ads to maps, adding ads to digital forefronts like books and podcasts and multiple tiers of Apple TV+. That would not surprise me at all. I'm surprised this isn't happening faster, but I think it's going to. And Daniel Parscale at Daniel Parscale on Twitter said, based on some other PPC threads, I'm wondering what's the highest amount you've ever paid for a single click? Bonus, did it convert? Me first, $600 and no. That is so sad. Jaw drop. I know. Everyone in this thread said their amount and then they either said no or they didn't answer that part of the question, which is terrible. Um, you know, the Joe Schmo said $980 thanks to maximized conversions. My favorite response was Derek, DBM 132. Love you, Derek. He said $978 for a Mesopotamia click. That's He means mesothelioma, right? <laughs> Is that like he's back to like the Jurassic the Like what's yeah. happening here? Yeah. I would do that. Like I feel bad because like this is why I don't tweet more because there's no edit button. Yeah, the Fertile Crescent. He's talking about Western Asia. He already had engagement by the time he realized uh, that he mentioned the Fertile Crescent. But Man, those Euphrates clicks, clicks are going up. <laughs> like I feel you, Derek. Oh. And from Valerie Reader at VE Reader. Oh, this is from Discord. That's her Discord name. So she said, frustrated that Google has made all Google hosted conversions primary. I consider these to be halo conversions and keeps assigning $1 value to them. Setting campaign specific goals, which means creating custom goals sets for many clients. I added them three weeks ago, not to use a value, but Google reassigned the value to them this week. We've seen whisperings of this 
kind of a lot about them changing like primary to secondary and doing all kinds of weird things. I think I, I sh- should have added something today, but who's our friend runner kick? Yeah, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Stamen. Stamen. She tweeted today about um, like new conversions being added to her account. Hmm. Just interchange history. Yeah. You just need to be so diligent now nowadays with all these advantage plus additions that you're getting. Yeah. Well, this is Google, but you know they're I mean. just smart. Oh, smart. Max <laughs> performance. Okay, now we have this little perform Greg's calling it performance facts instead of performance max. It's clever. Yeah, performance facts. Okay. <laughs> so Andrew McGarry at Beyond Content had a thread. It starts with um, this screenshot of a tweet from Brad Geddes that I hadn't thought about and is kind of genius and sad. He says, we're seeing larger companies that want to use PMAX, almost always e-commerce, rarely Legion, make separate accounts for PMAX to manage negatives in other settings independently of their traditional accounts. It's a trend that seems to be accelerating. I can't believe I didn't think about yeah. this. Yeah, that's really Because I have PMAX right now on at different hours and different times than my normal shopping campaigns that are working really well. I'm trying to think of other ways around it. Obviously, you're going to bid against yourself, but... Yeah, you don't necessarily want to do that, but... But really, if you can only have account level negatives, I mean, this is very smart. Maybe you'll have five different PMAX campaigns and a different account for each. Okay. What a nightmare, though. I know. We shouldn't have to do that. It sucks. There's another example of this coming up where I love... Somebody calls it a tip, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's a tip, but like... It's like, follow me for more life hacks. Like, it should not be this hard. (laughs) Tales from PPC Reddit from user ING Rappily. Just gotta love these names. This person says, help please. Four days of PMAX and only 14 impressions in one click. Google Rep says campaign is an A+. Nothing wrong with it. That's not how we grade things. I know. I'm sure they're like, just let it run. Needs time to learn. People don't have time. Four to six weeks, Shep. PMAX needs four to six weeks before you make changes. So when are you supposed to pause your other campaigns for the traffic it's cannibalizing? Six weeks, a month and a half. Okay, well, I have to talk to my clients every week, so I don't know what you want me to say to them every week. Tell them you got an A plus from a rep. (laughs) (laughs) Show them your report card. This is a giant problem, though, with, with with PMAX, and if you don't have smart bidding set up correctly, like maybe they're being a little bit too aggressive with some of the targets that they're going after. But I've got some that I just launched with very reasonable targets, but maybe switch it to maximize conversion value or maximize conversions. Not good. I liked um, Holla Kane user <laughs> said, don't bother listening to Google reps. They know less than you do. Very true. Comforting, better- but not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> you have better luck turning to PPC Reddit. Okay, and more news from Sarah Stamen. She says, anyone experiencing PMAX errors, I'm getting an error every time I try to add a signal. She tagged ads liaison and said she's putting in a ticket right now. So Nikki Coleman at Nikki Jumpfly said, only every other time I create a PMAX. One of my hot tips, skip the audience signal and get through to publish. Then go back and add the signal. This is what I'm talking about. Like, that should not be a tip. That's just like survival. Yeah. That's not even troubleshooting. That's like... That's a bug. <laughs> feature? <laughs> yeah. It's feature. It's the best part of PMAX. Is when it doesn't let you publish it. 
Eric Farmer, at Eric Farmer, shared this chart that I think might be the worst chart in the history of the world. They had better charts in Mesopotamia. <laughs> <laughs> this chart gave me mesothelioma. <laughs> he said, this is literally how PMAX interacts with other campaigns. He had the best interests at heart, but unfortunately he's wrong because the chart is wrong. <laughs> So this is from a Google document. It's, I don't even know how to read this. Like, why do they set this up this way? They have campaign one is one box with four different scenarios. Campaign two is always performance max. And then it says which campaign will serve. So it gets really in the weeds. I'll just go through the first example. It says search keyword campaign with a keyword that exactly matches the user. Query is campaign one. And then campaign two is Pmax. And then the campaign that will serve is the search campaign. So Greg retweeted this and said, unreal, this chart from Google Ads itself is incorrect. The first two answers provided are only correct if the keyword in campaign one is eligible. If there are quality score, targeting, or bid issues, performance backs will serve even if the query matches a search keyword. Great creative use of the targeting emoji. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's just so much bad information around this. I yeah. feel terrible about everything. If you're out of budget for the day, Performance Max is going to show for those terms. Like, that's the facts. It's This is blatantly incorrect. And then Colin Slattery jumped on um, when we're recording today and is like, not even to mention the fact that they're calling it in this worst chart of the year here, uh, they're calling it exactly matching a user query. That's not the terminology. And by saying exactly and sounds matching, like it sounds like exact match. match, but it's identical match. And identical matching isn't even a freaking thing. Like... It's so, this is such a stupid product that they are just come, it, it's, it's a disaster. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it again. It, it, this is why they call me Mr. Positivity. Yeah. I cannot believe how much feedback. Everybody last week was saying, I think you're the most positive person around about Google ads. <laughs> I don't think any, there might've been one person in Discord. It's like, you might not be that positive. <laughs> So I think I'm I think I might get a clocksker this year, my first ever. Positive max. You can't give yourself a clocksker. Well, I know, but you two can vote. Okay, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Tales from PPC Reddit. Greg is calling this the Shepspiracy section. <laughs> yeah, these are unproven. It's just like maybe this is the case. I like how that. you're naming my segments. <laughs> 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 you want to do the prep notes? You got it. The chef notes. Okay. Oh, I like that. This is from user suitable Arancini, Arachai. Arachnid. Like the spider. <laughs> Here, take my glasses. Smartbyglasses.com. I just avoid that word. It's triggering. Better than suitable swine, am I right? Okay. That would be a fun name. Running performance max campaigns with no assets equals smart shopping, question mark. I notice you can run smart shopping without any headlines, descriptions, photos, etc. I'm still receiving clicks and conversions. I'm wondering, is this a loophole to receive traffic solely from Google Ads? Anybody else utilize this? How are the results? Solely well, from shopping, shopping ads. ads. Yeah. yeah, but it's going to be more than just shopping ads because it's going to go out and it's going to use the feed. I believe, like... I've tried it. I've put it through, and it does show that ad recreation in there. I haven't seen it in the wild, but I set up a bunch of these. It is serving impressions. It is doing exactly what they said. 
The funny thing is you put like one little thing in there. I put one video in for a client because I didn't want to auto-generate a video if they're going to show it. So not no assets, just a video. Did not allow me to do it. Hmm. No assets at all, no video, nothing. Push right through. What? Yep, and then you can still segment out by product groups. You, you can seg- segment everything else out. So it is possible. But I'd imagine that's how smart shopping is being migrated by saying there's no assets here. So push it through. So. Is Google Ads proud that they've created this culture of searching for loopholes just to make it make sense? Yes, mm-hmm. I would say so. Okay, next conspiracy theory, Shepspiracy from user paperclip underscore specialists. <clears throat> Thank you for using words in your name. It's actually a specialist. <laughs> <laughs> Get your tinfoil cats on. Here's another one. That'd be a good band name, Tinfoil Cat. Has Google Ads secretly changed its location targeting settings? I don't know how to get through this one without just reading it. Can we make a shirt that's like a black cat that has a tinfoil hat on? We call yeah. it Tinfoil Cat and yeah. it looks like a band? Yeah. 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 A sticker. Next sticker. It tinfoil needs cat. to be related to ads or digital marketing. It's got to be looking at its PMAX campaign and crying. Okay. This is what it says. I discovered by looking at the regional sources of paid traffic to our client's website in analytics that Google Ads is now showing our ads outside of our target locations much more than they were before. I'll skip through the math here, but it's happening. I noticed that this increase is in other in other states began in June. We haven't touched our location settings in Google Ads. It's set to presence, people in, or regularly in your targeted locations. So has Google just loosened what that means altogether in their algorithm? I think it might. I mean, when I first... Like when this setting first came out, when you changed it to presence, I remember we were all like really stressed about it. And when I would look at the impressions for people in or regularly in, it was still like only your targeted location. And I feel like that's what they do. They like make everyone relax about it, like no big deal. And then they're just going to sneak up on you. So just make this your reminder that you should check your location report. Greg looks like he has a follow up. Nope. Uh, yeah, I have a follow-up, all right? It's from Search Engine Land, and Ginny Marvin back in October 6, 2020, I love this element. She, back when she was writing for Search Engine Land, was talking about the Google Ads location reporting. And remember how that got changed out of the interface, and you have to go to report, so it's segmented, and you can't see anything anymore. In her first paragraph, she said, Google has been rolling out, quote, simplified, lo- end quote, location reports and all the Google Ads UI over the past month or so. Anytime a platform uses, quote, simplified or, quote, streamlined to describe a change, we have to wonder if it's a red herring. Does it provide an easier way to get the same access, data, and functionality? Or is it, quote, simplified, dash, wink, wink, dash, with features and data stripped out? And you wonder if that's why they broke everything out so it's a lot harder to be able to see where you're actually showing location-wise in your ads. Shepspiracy. She was on to something, so they usurped her. Probably. Okay, that's it for paid. If you can believe it, what's happening in organic? Well, good news here. Google has announced a new Google Analytics 4 certification course. And I am very glad to hear that this course isn't taken in a literal fashion. It's more like a written lytics course. Though I would have even taken an oralytics course too, I guess. You can find it over in Google Skillshop. It is now called Google Analytics Certification. There's a few versions <laughs> there, um, and they now break out a very nice distinct distinction between UA and GA4. I haven't seen this graphic for UA before. 
but it's sort of like it almost looks like bowling pins in a way, like weird robot bowling pins. They should have added another line to that chart for GA4. Yeah, I thought GA4 Mm -hmm. used to be like what UA looks like if you're looking at this on the screen, but... They just want to normalize GA4, I think, so they're borrowing. Oh, I see. Smart. Get people to click it. But if you still want to get the old individual qualification that still exists, though you'll be in UA, so if you are looking for a resume booster, you can still get that now. But the Google Analytics certification is, um, it's replaced the old UA version of it. And it looks like it's going to, they estimate it takes 1.3 hours to uh, take the test. And then there's roughly four hours of training if you'd like it. So pretty cool. I dig it. YouTube is testing running a new type of interactive stickers for shorts content. This mirrors YouTube shorts entire plan of looking at TikTok and Reels and becoming identical to each. Has this turned into a weekend update? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody hates it when I put my jokes in there, so I'm just sprinkling it in throughout now. Um, So there's a video over on YouTube creators, and it's one of the more egregious video quality that they've put out there. It looks like they recorded the audio and shot the video underwater. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) It shows a data story now in analytics where you can see some recommendations that of how you've gotten a new audience based off of content and benchmarks for each individual account. There's um, some cool charts and you can see like what videos people keep watching. But then the reels, it seems like according to Andrew Hutchinson that it's going to be very, very similar to um, TikTok and, and, and Reels for the stickers there. So um, YouTube is explaining it by saying, beginning in the next two weeks, we'll run a small experiment for creators on iOS that gives creators the ability to play video on demand and shorts comments with a sticker in their shorts video. I just like the fact that it's on iOS. <laughs> you know, it's like, you are Android. Why are you doing it on iOS? Next up, by way of Glenn Gabe, Google is now showing what cloud streaming services have a particular video game. You can now put in a search for a game and see what the stratus is for a particular platform. Is that a game? That's a cloud type. Seriously. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It actually looks cool. The example that Glenn has here is for Destiny 2, and you can see it's on Google Stadia and NVIDIA GeForce Now, which I guess is a cloud platform. And I dig it. It looks nice. Destiny 2 is my game. Yeah, I know. Really? Are you off words with friends? Are you still playing Candy Crush? Every day. What level are you on? Do a quick update. I wish I had my phone. Okay. Okay. Next up, Spotify is prompting some users to record reaction podcasts to playlists. Seems like it's 2018 all over again as Spotify is up for the challenge and really leaning into the pod tide. Get it? Tide Pods? Challenge, yeah. I used to be really into that. I couldn't stop. What? what? A, you couldn't stop eating? Couldn't stop eating? The Tide Pod Challenge, yeah. No. No. no You're still with us. I never ate a Tide Pod. No. No, I, yeah, I had to stop. Now I'm clean. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're all washed up. That's <laughs> testing new in-app podcast recording tools for users in New Zealand. The trial is out in Vietnam. And apparently it's going to encourage users to record their voice reactions to a specific playlist. And it doesn't appear that they're making their own podcast, but it's going to be in their user 
account, basically. So like if you're a, a Spotify user, you can find a playlist and you can just make some audio content around it. Why wouldn't you do it for like an album release? That's a great Rather question. than a playlist. I mean, maybe it's it's a way that people can can sort of like vet and 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 find a playlist and like get shops quick feedback on yeah. it. Be like, not not Taylor Swift. Or we should have tables listen to our playlist and get his live feedback. Okay. Hmm. I don't know, tables. Are you a big Taylor Swift fan? <laughs> um, I'm indifferent. <laughs> well. That's what everyone says. What about Elmo? I added Elmo last week. I, I, I would go Taylor Swift over Elmo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. <laughs> All right. Next up is a tweet from Rusty Brick at Barry, Sh- Barry Schwartz at Rusty Brick on Twitter. Shop, can you just hit this little link that Barry put out there? No, just, I'm scared. Is it no, a rat? Just please tell me like what, what your thoughts are on this story. I need your take. To the tweet? Okay, yeah, to me. Barry's tweet. Barry put this out there. He's breaking all the news. <gasps> Stop! I didn't do it. This is the news. Aw. Barry has a... What is that ma- that rat doing? Is that South Park? Has a tweet saying, clicking on your site in Google search won't over and over again won't lead to a Google penalty. And it's a rat with a microphone on his head smashing the keyboards. And the What's rat has the a wig What's the point on. of the mic? To I don't know. capture audio. But John Mueller said, it seems like a weird thing for people to do a company, but it's not like I don't do anything weird myself. And says, I can't imagine how that would have any impact. All right. What sort of weird stuff is he doing? I don't know. But back to, and according to Barry Schwartz and Glenn Gabe, Ford and Son are back on the road solo as Google has called upon Mum to improve features snippets based on the understanding if there's a consensus across multiple high-quality sources on the web. And according to Barry at his article on Search Engine Land, featured snippets in Google Search will now use MUM to help understand if there's a general consensus on the information. Apparently, it's going to reduce false premise results by 40%. MUM is already used on things like the Bruno19 vaccine names. I can't say that word. (laughs) Google Lens features and other applications. And... So now they're bringing mom to the feature snippets here. I thought this was sort of just an interesting take from Miriam at Miriam Jessier on Twitter. She had said, I am trying to consciously not use it depends more than 10 times a day when working. What are some new twists to this expression that I could use? I've literally never had. I find another way. I say I will not say it depends. What do you say? Well, I've, well, first of all, I don't talk about SEO, but I've heard Greg be like, you know, they say it depends, but, and then he, he like explains why it depends, you know? Yeah, I always get, I will never not yeah. give an answer. I like saying it's nuanced. I said that earlier in the podcast. You did. Heard. You did. That is nice. But there were a couple of good, good responses. Christopher Semper said, said I try to j- qualify with W questions like which language, which country, which vertical, get more of that. And then saying, consider the following factors. Keep in mind that there may be better inputs. That's from Jenny um, Halal's. And there's a whole bunch more. So if you are one of those people that's stuck on the it depends, go check that out. We should send her one of our stickers. We should with the diaper on mm-hmm. there. That was a, uh, we only have one of those left. That was a, a really um I think we could have bought one. like big ones of that. Like people would have bought them. I think people bought it for the berry sticker on here. We gave them away for free. Yes. <laughs> Just like our Tim Cat one. <laughs> Can't uh, wait. All right. And Glenn Schmelzi at Hey Glenn's in our Discord channel had 
found a way to get annotations in GA4. There's a video. So head on over to hmm. community.marketingclock.com if you want to go find that. So there is a, he says, lengthy workaround. But, you know, if you are looking for annotations, there's a way to get sort of close. And then he also mentioned that on a related topic, they learned that quotes in English are used more than other language because our grammar isn't specific enough to tell whether we're quoting somebody else's words. So we talked about a lot of quotes last week. So we appreciate mm. that. Thank you, Glenn. That's it in organic. What's happening in social, bud? All right. First up in the social news this week, we talked on the last show about a new link sticker for LinkedIn images and videos and posts. But Titanic fans rejoice. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Oh. Pause for laughter. <laughs> it was hilarious. All right. <laughs> so from TechCrunch by way of Glenn Gabe. So you can link to the third-party sites off of LinkedIn using the um, sticker that we just talked about. Also, text posts, templates, and the option to mix images and videos with your posts, which I think is amazing. I like the link. We already talked about that with the sticker. I like the mixed media. The text post templates look a lot like what Facebook does. I have a screenshot in here in the notes if you guys want to see it. Basically, you can put your text over a gradient. It's meant to help you stand out, but it's going to be overused and glossed over, I think, really quickly. But thanks, LinkedIn, for trying. Next up, just six weeks after launching Snapchat Plus, the paid service now has over 1 million subscribers. That is still just point of clarification, less than 1% of the app's total user base, but it's growing pretty fast regardless. Those 1 million users will now be able to enjoy several new features that Snap announced this week, like priority story replies, which make your replies more visible to Snap stars. Uh, post view emoji. You can select an emoji that your friends will see after they view your snaps. New what? bitmoji backgrounds. I don't get it. Um, and this is really exciting. New app icons to replace the default on your home screen. The first one might be the only one that really matters to people. The rest are kind of meh. But it's better than singing the Twitter blues and paying more money for nothing new at all. That was better. Thank you. Tables, are you a big social media fella? Not really. Instagram. Instagram, that's, that's it? Okay, yep. no Snapchat, no TikTok? No. No Face Space? Okay, cool. Face Space. <laughs> Me too, but I still have to report on it, <laughs> <Yes>. tables. <laughs> All right, here comes people. We had a trickle over the last couple of weeks. The floodgates are now open. This article from Social Media Today starts with mapping out your digital marketing approach for the upcoming holiday season. Never too early for QVC. I know. Um, and then goes on to say that a recent survey of 4,500 Instagram users finds that nearly half of them use Instagram to shop weekly. So Instagram oh. shopping should be on your radar. At least 20, what, 2,000 people plus, give or take 250? I don't know. So holidays or otherwise, if you're in e-commerce, you should be thinking about it. And Instagram has published a 10-page guide on how to set up shop on the platform, how to use various post types for promotion of said products, and best practices for using product tags. So definitely worth peeping. It doesn't look super in-depth, but I only saw a couple screenshots. I didn't actually download the guide, so there might be more info in there. And it's great if you're just getting started. It's stuff you need to know. Speaking of the gram, last up here in social, a tweet from Adam Masseri. He says, cheerleader horn, reels updates, cheerleader horn. 
We're launching a few new Reels features to make it fun and easy for people to find and share more entertaining content. So they're adding an Add Yours sticker, which you might have seen in Stories already. They're coming to Reels. Um, Instagram to Facebook cross-posting for your Reels. And Facebook Reels Insights, so things like reach, average watch time, total view time, that could actually be really helpful. And so there's a video where Adam explains all this and then the tweet ends with, have a favorite, let me know. And Paul, Paul Rankin, at Paul Rankin YT says, replies to the tweet and says, my favorite would be getting my hacked account back and not allowing hackers to just take over by passing two-factor authentication, then Instagram's verification to prove it's you to actually do what it's meant to do after 107 times of trying and being told it can't verify my face. So nobody cares about reels and people are still desperately trying to get their accounts back. Did Adam reply? Mm, I didn't check. Justice for Paul. Yeah. It's awful. Also, all the replies were about people's hacked accounts and they always are. The so Instagram sad. headquarters looks like a target. Yeah. That too. At least it's not his home. But yeah. the struggle is real. <laughs> now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. I hated all of that. I'm like who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of that. Where we rant rave and roll our eyes about a trending digital marketing topic what are we coming to honestly see what had us asking w t h this week first up in wth today we have an article from the new york post apparently google executives are threatening workers with layoffs so employees who work for the Google Cloud Sales Department said that senior leadership told them that there will be, quote, an overall examination of sales productivity and productivity in general. If third quarter results, quote, don't look up, then there will be blood on the streets. Why would you what? work there? <laughs> who is saying these things? Google. Google executives. Well, I understand don't that. Don't be but evil. But there's be blood, blood, on, blood the on the streets. They didn't say whose blood. <laughs> That's going to be the name of the true crime documentary in five years. Blood on the streets. I cannot believe they would. Greg, imagine if you said that to us. I can't. You, I know. <laughs> there would be blood on the streets. <laughs> I mean, we would laugh at you, but you can't say things like that. To be fair, we have a street that probably has a lot of blood on it outside. Yeah, but it's the not police were ours. Today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There isn't going to be blood on the street just because it's called Pacific. <laughs> Things are not looking up out there. <laughs> oh, we forgot to come up with a good name for that segment. Oh, because it's WTH, not segment segment. It's okay. a great name. WTH. Um, nevertheless, Greg <laughs> did name the next WTH segment NMWFH. No more working from home. Ah. So Apple employees who work. In oh, I got a good name for the last segment. Blood on the streets. <laughs> it's so scary. It's just awful. Oh no. It's like you're giving directions to the Google headquarters. It's like turn left when you pass the blood in the street. <laughs> Take the that shining was a elevator. Cloud sales department. You want to keep going past that. Oh no. <laughs> Okay. Apple employees who work in Santa Clara County near the company's California headquarters have been called back to the office starting in September where they ex are expected to work three times per week. It's inev it was inevitable. Like We're, we're going to see Google saying it like I talked about last yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, it's happening, people. You don't invest that much in real estate 
and not use it. Oh yeah, they had like a picture of the building. This it's insane. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's looks like a futuristic endeavor. It's crazy. I just really hope nobody listened two years ago when you told them to burn their slacks. <laughs> oh yeah, don't do that. Get... <laughs> Buy new slacks. Buy new slacks. I mean, you might need a different size. I mean, WFHing for this long. <laughs> All right, and now on to our segment segments. And we're going to try something a little new. It's a little segment that I called Talking Shop, where we're going to pull something going on in our Discord community, community.marketingclock.com. You can hop on in there, but lay ballot. Is that how you say that? Label lay, something like that. Either way, fancy. They were saying that they would love to get some input on changing a bidding strategy from target CPA to target return on ad spend. We use Google ads for lead gen B2B. That's Shep Zernheld for you. And they say it makes up almost 60% of our sales funnel. And that's why we're a little skeptical on how we should make the switch. Our Google rep is selling us a utopia. In her opinion, the only thing that could go wrong is if we don't play automatic AAR. Um, and then she says, does anyone with B2B that is using a target return ad spend bidding strategy, we do not import offline conversions. We're also planning to switch a little more down the funnel from MQL to SQL or sales accepted lead. Any insight would be appreciated. Thanks. Um, so then I asked, hey, like, is it working? Before you get into this, why are they asking this change? And then um, they said, Target CPA is working great. So we combined it with broad with huge negative lists in our generic campaigns. And after a while, it started getting better results. The plan would be testing it out on our main generic campaign. About 30% of our conversions on Google ads come from this campaign. So firstly, we would need to change our conversion action to sales qualified leads, which already decreased the amount of conversions that we currently use marketing qualified leads as our conversion goal. We target a very niche market, gym and fitness studio owners. So I can't see how the system will differentiate a potential customer from the end user. It would be great though if it works, probably, but if not, it could be a disaster. After switching conversion goals, we would A-B test the bidding strategy. So they've got something set up that's working with target CPA. The rep is selling a utopia of doing target return and ad spend. And the question is, should we do that? And then should we look a little bit down the funnel and try not to drive just top of funnel leads, but to go for something that's sales accepted or sales qualified? Any questions so far? Anything I could do to clarify that better? No. Mm-mm. Okay. So what are your thoughts, Shep? You do a ton of B2B. What would you do in this case? I know that Google is really pushing value-based bidding in general. And I like the idea because I'm scared they could like pull the rug out from underneath us at any time. I like the idea of like having your plan in place and like knowing a way to make target ROAS work for you. But to be honest, I'm using target CPA in all my accounts. It works awesome for B2B SaaS when the leads need to come in at the right price. The, the word utopia is like really weird choice too. Like if you want to test it, I guess give it a test, but I wouldn't just switch over just because the Google rep says it. I'm not using target ROAS anywhere right now. Yeah. Yeah, and we have a client that came on board for us that we had done, I believe, an audit for, and then their head of paid left. And so we're supposed to be temporarily running the account. We've run it now for, I think, 13 months. You're using, it's it's B2B SaaS. We're using all target CPA, and the numbers are the, the highest number of not only leads, the highest number of SQLs, but at the lowest acquisition cost or like about the lowest acquisition cost, Low, right? Yeah. So if it's not 
broken, don't fix it. And then the other other concern I'd have is if you don't have a ton of conversions, which it sounds like they probably do, like bypassing MQLs and bypassing leads might give the algorithms less data to work with. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like the idea of optimizing for those bottom of funnel conversions. Like if you came to my SMX talk, I talked about it a lot. But it's also like the attribution if you're using like a HubSpot or something isn't the same that you would probably use. Like you're missing leads or Google Ads overcounts leads because an open opportunity clicked on an ad. And if you're going for target ROAS, like it could throw it way off if an opportunity is worth so much. So, right. And we've seen accounts too where somebody's got a, a dollar amount for, for T ROAS bidding for a lead, a dollar amount for an SQL, and then even like a dollar amount for an opportunity. And one person could be all three of those. And we've seen that in an account. So you got to be really, really diligent on what your conversion goals are for a set account. Okay. And lastly, in our segment segments here today, we've got something called Mailbag, a brand new segment never been used before on any <laughs> podcast. And I, I, I feel real bad for some people because this is an email I got. Somehow this came to my personal email address. Ooh. And it, I'm me. I can only imagine like what other mail people come like what other mail people get so jess i'm gonna have you read this piece of mail m-a-l-e or m-a-i-l i'll let you yes. decide the listener all right so that's an okay. email that came to my personal email address about marketing the clock this was printed and handed to me i've never seen this before i'm scared <laughs> okay here, here it goes this is from oh oh don't say his name i will not say his name but i will read the subject my marketing o'clock wet dream to my email address to greg's personal personal email last night i dreamt of you greg quote seriously where the hell is this email going in tarabang end quote emoji that's a fair question i'll do my best to answer in a strange twist of martin luther i imagined appearing on the marketing o'clock podcast we cracked some jokes talked about the problems of a single attribution for paid social, and most importantly, delivered tremendous value to your audience. Apart from a unique perspective on the DTC landscape, growth marketing, (laughs) I bring something else to the table. And then there's a chart, key drivers of podcast appeal. There's relevant to me 4%. 49% was entertaining. What is this chart? read the second line on the second page. Oh. So should I skip the next part? Sure. Okay, so then there's a whole paragraph about stuff. And then it says, Now, considering I've already bombarded your inbox with four unsolicited emails and two LinkedIn messages, this will be the last one I sent. Which is true. What, is, what kind of psycho is this? We have a picture. Should I call, a stalker. Should I call the police? Do yes. I call the police? <laughs> oh, well, quite honestly, Greg, I've got a serious problem with giving up on my dreams. He didn't say what kind this time. I know what they are, and they're not dry, Jess. <laughs> What does it say? The man <laughs> in the arena? He's pointing at a photo? I don't know. What do I do about this? You can He's click got my here. Personal email. Run. Click here if you don't want to receive any emails from me. I'm not clicking that. You should click it. I am not clicking that. This is more like wet nightmares. This is terrifying. <laughs> did he really include a picture of himself? Oh, he 100%. did. 100%. There he is. He looks like That's anyone really you would see. scary. Like he doesn't look like he's sending this email, but... Maybe this is not a picture. And of there's him. only one hand. Shown, Did he too. spell your name with ah! one G? Oh, stop. No, he spelled my name correctly too. <laughs> Greg with two G's. 
Oh, great. One at the front, one at the end. So, yeah, hmm. that's mailbag. Okay, cease and desist. <laughs> and that brings us to our real life segment straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I was made aware of something that is so upsetting, I can't even handle it. I saw with the naked eye an account. Okay, so Microsoft Audience ads, if you're not familiar with them, you are automatically opted into them in all of your search campaigns in Microsoft advertising. You cannot opt out of them and you cannot, you have to bid up at least 20%. If you try to bid up 19% more, it says, no, you can't do that. If you try to bid zero and bid the same, it says no. If you try to bid down on them, it says no. You have to bid 20% higher at least. It wants you to bid 40, that's the automatic setting. They like pull in images from your site. They can change the text. It seems like they can really do whatever they want with these. So I saw an account where there were more impressions in the campaigns, in the search campaigns for audience ads than the main ads. Like I don't have any impressions for them in my accounts, but I saw it in another account. It's terrifying. And the client is seeing pictures on um, Edge, like on the homepage, on the news page, where it's pulling in images from the website and it looks absolutely terrible, like random images. So just check on your audience ads, they're not okay. And this is an example, like we were all opted into them, I was getting no impressions with it, so I was like freaking out, but I was like, it's fine. All of a sudden they're gonna sneak up just like your location targeting in Google Ads. Conspiracy theory. Nice cap. All right, <laughs> for me, <laughs> I just don't know if it's working or like what the working plan is for this. <laughs> like, is it going to be going back to the office three days a week? I don't know. Google Optimize. I haven't heard anything about it since GA4. You still have to use UA to use Google Optimize. Mm. What the H is going to happen to Google Optimize? Does anybody know out there? I haven't heard a peep. Like, I want to make sure we've, we're using like a stable and recommending a stable platform for people, but I haven't heard anybody talking about it. So hit me up if you know. All right, for me, we had a lead ads campaign running for quite a while on LinkedIn and we were getting leads at a pretty efficient CPA and all of a sudden we saw that performance drop off. So we were using maximum delivery um, with that and then it just stopped working for us. So we wanted to test something new. We are now running it with cost cap bidding and A, it's working. We were able to wrangle things in. But just as an FYI, the recommended limit that it gave us was like $150 too high for our comfort level. So we put it where we wanted it. And we're not quite hitting that number, but we're only missing it by like maybe 50 bucks. So you don't just have to listen to LinkedIn's recommendations. Try what works for you first. And then, you know, if it doesn't work, maybe hit that number up. Just do what you would do on Google Ads and play around and test it. But working hard, things are better. And now for this week's Cool tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is a change log that you need, dog. Oh <laughs> my God. I spelled it D-A-W-G in my notes, too. I could tell <laughs> from your inflection. <laughs> Got it worked. This is from Brian Anderson, at Brian Anderson on Twitter. 
Brian says, oh, so you lost all control over which changes you made to your Google Ads accounts? Don't panic. I got you. Steal my Google Ads change log template and regain control over which historical changes you make to your PPC campaigns. Link is in the comments. And it's really cool. It's a Google Sheet. You can use it to very easily record changes you make as well as why. So if you're like testing an elevated budget, for example, you can put that right in there. You can note the testing period and the outcome. It's just something we should really all be doing, especially if multiple people touch your account. Um, it's great just to have a record if you're talking to client about performance changes. You have the exact date, the change you made, and why. It's a very neat sheet, and it's totally free. We will have the link to Brian's template in our newsletter as well as on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from one Christine oh, Shap Zernald. I didn't know you knew about this. <laughs> and the name of the article over on Search Engine Land is called Layer on the Automation. How to Combine Automation Options for PPC Success. And the wonderful shop has an amazing article breaking down her entire presentation, talking about guiding automation, all the different ways that you can tweak it with bid strategy, conversions, account structure, automation layering. Some of those examples that we talked about before are in this document showing the cost per opportunity and everything like that. And best of all, you can get Shep's entire performance. At the very bottom of the article, you can see her at SMX. It is a showstopper, I would say. Oh, How dare some, <laughs> some may say. So don't miss it over on Search Engine Land. Thank you, Shep. Thank you, Greg. And now on to our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingaclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Greg, what are you putting on the playlist this week? So on my playlist this week is going to be a song called Vampires by The Midnight. I don't know what happened. I got on some thread about mm. like saxophones and there's just like a killer sax on this. Nice. Does he actually kill people? Is he a vampire? Probably. Is there blood in the streets? <laughs> All over. I will be selecting Church Girl by Beyonce. I don't know what anyone else is doing. Jess, not Beyonce. <laughs> um, on repeat for me this week, nothing compares to you, but the Chris Cornell cover. She's so beautiful. <laughs> R.I.P. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. She said welcome. Did you hear that? She said welcome? What? I didn't hear a well in there. Welcome. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. How do you say like the wild dogs? Woofs. <laughs> <laughs> what accent is that um i don't know it's just me it's just okay. shep i'll tell you my toddler said remote yesterday and i was ashamed not because she knows what it is and obviously watches a lot of tv but because i call it the clicker oh, oh dad calls it remote 
Yes. Mm. She's my favorite. Okay. We've got a game. It's everybody's favorite game. It's a draft. We are having a doctor draft. So nobody asked any questions. So that's all the detail we have. Okay, and, and Tables is playing. Tables, tables is playing for his first shoot the heck, his first draft. Um, do we want to do? I think we have a lot. Let's, Let's do, do five. 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 five oh my gosh. All right. A handful. Okay. If, if we're running out of ideas at four, we can cut it off. Okay. Okay. Tables, do you want to start for your first draft? Yes. It's a serpentine. Do you know what that means? We can worry about that later. Just putting <laughs> it out there. Um, I, this might be a bit of a reach, but I'm going to go with Dr. Evil, <sighs> number one overall. No, I think that is not a reach at all. That's a perfectly fine pick. Please keep track of your list because mm-hmm. I can't. Jess, you're next. Ruth. Dr. From Ruth? the organics? Dr. Ruth. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, the, the Do I know her? The television lady. Yeah, yeah, the old lady who would talk about... Mm-hmm. What? Emails Romance. and things we'd get. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys know... <laughs> That's a good Love pick. That's good. I didn't have that on the board. Great pick. I don't know if it would be my 1-1. One, one, I was but... nervous you were going to take it, to be honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go... No, Greg, you can go next. So Whoa, this, this is, is very no, Okay, never mind. I'll go next. <laughs> I'm just going with, I'm going to try to be competitive here in the beginning. I'm going to go with MLK. I mean, shouldn't he have been mm. first? That's a great pick. Okay. Yeah. Greg. Okay, so I am a little concerned about tables. He's off to a good draft. So I'm going to go with my number one off the board. <laughs> I feel like nobody's going to take it, though. But I'm going to take it anyway. Dr. Doom. Maybe the best supervillain ever. It's a really good ride at Universal Studios. Yeah, Doctor Doom. So I'm going to go with Doctor Doom number one, so I've got my supervillain. Now I need a little bit of pick-me-up, mm-hmm. I'd say, mm-hmm. sort of like what you two have. So I'm going to go with Dr. Seuss. Oh, Dr. you hate Seuss Dr. Number Seuss. Two. on my list. I Dr. hate Seuss it when he's lazy. Okay, yeah. But when he tries, he's good. You're right. Okay. Uh, it's it's a, no, 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 it's a oh, serpentine. Team, table, serpentine. Serpentine. <laughs> so it goes around and then back. Coming back okay. to you and you'll have Hold two, your two horses. Hold your snakes. It's a serpentine. <laughs> I'm going to go again for competitiveness because I think this might be on Jessica Lee Bud's list. Don't you care. I'm taking Dr. Drew. Wow. Oh, he was not on my list. Marriage boot camp. Hmm. I got okay. Ruth. We don't need it's Drew. a little bit wrong on some of that Bruno 19 stuff, but uh, whatever. He was? It's your pick. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go with Dr. Dre. That's a good one, too. Great, Beck. He wasn't going to be next for me. I figured. I'm here to win. Tables, now it's your turn. You get two. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Dr. Doolittle. Mm. Wow. Which version? Eddie Murphy? Oh, yeah. Eddie okay. Murphy. Who's the other one? It was really no old, one even right? knows. <laughs> um, Mr. Just because he's still hanging around, I think I have to also go with Doctor Phil. Wow! Okay. Wow! That's a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> That's objectively a bad pick. <laughs> I mean, how long has he been on TV? Is he still on? Too TV? long. <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? I want Doctor Frankenstein. You would. Is he a doctor? Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. He made life. Where do he get his degree? Transylvania. Is Frankenstein the doctor or the monster? <clears throat> it's the doctor. So the monster that everyone calls Frankenstein is actually Frankenstein's monster. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. 
Next on my list, I'm going to have to go with my heart on this one. Um, Dr. Wendy Osefu from The Real Housewives of Potomac. She has no one that's going to take that from you. you (laughs) She has four degrees and she won't let you forget it. And she's on my list. Okay, and we have we're gonna have five. Five. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. There's okay. too many good ones. So for me, I'm gonna pick somebody that would be my go-to doctor if there's ever a problem. He's a little bit of an a-hole, but I'm gonna go with Doctor House from the show. Yeah, oh, that guy man. just sits around, and it'll be something, and he just sits around and pops pills, and then figures out the problem. But he always figures it out, so I want him. And then I'm gonna go maybe with a, a IRL doctor, like a real life person. I'm gonna go with. Dr. Sandra Lee. No! Dr. Pimple Popper! No! no! Dr. Pimple Popper! No! I love Dr. Sandra you Lee. Did that. I have Dr. Pimple Popper. Yes. How could I? I was. She was next on my list. Okay. Fine. We're just going to keep it with who I care about. <laughs> I'm going to go with the wealthiest fictional character, Dr. Carlisle Cullen from the Twilight Saga. Wow. Let me cross that one off here. Yeah, shoot. I have an equally niche pick for you, Portrayed by Peter Facinelli. (laughs) Who? (laughs) I want Dr. Jones from the Aqua song. I don't know what that is, but he was also my orthodontist. (laughs) Sink your teeth into that album someday. All right, Tables, you have two coming back to you. Okay, I'm going to go with Dr. Strange um, from Marvel. Are there any Marvel doctors left? Uh, Dr. Death. I will also take him. Okay, which one? Because I heard this can mean multiple things. Dr. K, Dr. Vorky. So there was a pro wrestler named Dr. Death. See? I'm going to go with the Marvel character. There's a Marvel character named Dr. Death? There's so many Dr. Deaths. Wait, different than Dr. Kevorkian? Yeah. We were all going to pick that until somebody spoiled it earlier when we accidentally brought up the draft. I don't know who that... Back to back Marvel. All right, Jess, back to you. Okay, I am going to go with. with, This is your last pick. This is my last pick. Somebody that I will never get to hang out with and really want to Hunter S. Thompson. Who is that? He's a writer. And he got a, he's like a doctor of divinity from the Universal Life Church. But he started like referring to himself as the doctor in a lot of his writing. A writer of but what? But he actually has a doctor. Um, he sounds like a Like ethnographies. Leader. Like he hung out with the Hells Angels and wrote a book about it. And then he went on a bunch of drugs and went to Vegas and wrote Fear and Loathing. It's a true story I don't know. I'm a member you of the Universal him. Life Church. I'm a pastor, so I could actually make marriages. Your Can't doctor of marriages. You know. <laughs> uh, I have so many more that I would take. I'm going to have to go with Jock McStuffins. She's a female <laughs> trailblazer. Terrible. Saw pick. her live at the Disney Junior Dance Party. Breaking the glass ceiling. She's amazing. All right. My final pick, sneakily, would have been my number one out of one, probably. I'm going to go with Dr. Holiday. Doc Holiday from the movie oh! Tombstone. Val Kilmer, Tombstone. Well, we didn't. Doc Holliday. Maybe the best character in a movie Do ever. To your impression. <laughs> Looks like somebody just walked over your grave. <laughs> so good. Playing on the table. <laughs> Sorry, tables. <laughs> okay. All right. Table, so many... do you have your list ready to read through? I do. Okay. 
Read it off for us. Okay, I have Dr. Evil, Dr. Doolittle, Dr. Phil, Dr. Strange, and Dr. Death. What a list. Wow. (laughs) Jess? Dr. Ruth, Dr. Dre, Dr. Frankenstein, Dr. Jones, and Hunter S. Thompson, the good doctor. I don't know any of your doctors. (laughs) I have Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Drew, Dr. Wendy Osefu, address me as doctor. Um, Dr. Carlisle Cuff- Cullen and Doc McStuffins. The doc is in. <laughs> All right. I have Dr. Doom, arguably the best supervillain ever. Dr. Seuss. Dr. House. Dr. Sandra Lee, a.k.a. Dr. Pimple Popper. And Doc Holliday. Okay. Vote for me on <laughs> Spotify, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>